of the service amen which is the preaching of the word hallelujah now the bible says that the word is life-changing it's transformative amen and it's applicable if you apply the word of god in your lives your life will never be the same again you will be transformed amen i want you to rise to your feet and make some noise joyful noise jesus joy help me welcome my pastor, my prophet, the visionary of BMI, Pastor Chris. Invisible hand, all waiting to guide you. Invisible hand, will show you. presence of God there is invisible hands that's ready to guide you that's the hands of Jesus amen we have gathered here because of Jesus the one who died for us and who is building his church and is gathering his people we've come to praise him to adore him to bring adoration and worship to him 
Father, we thank you for this great moment and this opportunity to be here today to sit at your feet, O Lord, to hear your word and to worship you. It is a privilege. We are thankful for this great privilege. We don't deserve all the blessings we receive. We know it's the favor of God, the grace of God upon our lives. Receive now our sacrifice of praise. Be adored. Be lifted high. So that men can be drawn to you. We give you praise. Come Holy Spirit. Be present in this place. And may we feel you. May we experience you. And may lives be forever changed. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's clap for Jesus. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And then you may be seated in heavenly places. Amen. A hearty good morning to all you wonderful people of BMI. We thank God for a beautiful, another hot Sunday that is here for us. Amen. We have come to the last day of our 21-day fast. Clap for the Lord. That through God's wisdom, we have been introduced to fasting, which is part of the Christian walk. Amen. It is required of all Christians to regularly, regularly put aside their food as a sacrifice. And then pray to God and seek the Lord. Amen. This world we live in, ladies and gentlemen, are full of challenges, curses, problems, and devils. If you don't draw close to God, you will find yourself in a lot of trouble. But help comes from above. Hallelujah. Help comes from above. Supernatural help will come to you through prayers, and it is increased through fasting. Jesus said, when you fast, don't do this and don't do that. In other words, not if you, but when you. So it is incumbent, it is required of all of us to fast regularly. And today we thank God that we could do this. It wasn't easy. How many of you enjoyed the fast? Who is like me that... We don't like fasting, but we still do it. There are many things in life that you don't like, but you have to do it. Amen. One of the secrets of success that we teach in this church is that always choose hard and difficult. Don't choose nice and easy. Are you listening? When you have choices in life, choose hard and difficult. Don't choose nice and easy. Because whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. The enemy always tries to show you shortcuts. Are you listening? I'm speaking to you and I'm teaching you already. He came to Jesus when Jesus was fasting. He said, look, I have a shortcut for you. I know what you have come to do. You've come to die on the cross to defeat us all and to have the victory. I can give you the victory in a shortcut. Just bow to me and I will give you the kingdoms of this world. That's the shortcut. 
No, no need to go to the cross. No need to suffer the humiliation of people not recognizing who you are. Of people not honoring you. Of people spitting in your face. Of soldiers putting crown of thorns in your head. You don't need all that. Just bow to me. And I will give you all the kingdoms that I took from Adam. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. It is written. You will worship the Lord your God only. Hallelujah. And he took the hard and the difficult way to Calvary. So that we can be set free. Amen. So choose hard and difficult. Don't choose nice and easy. Can I have somebody to say amen? amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to say like my friend, it ek ach malpingste mense wat kan skree, Amen. Ek gloe nie, jylle is mal nie. Amen. Praise the Lord. So tonight, as we gather, we're ending the fast year. So in other words, all of you that are still eating fruit and vegetables like you should have done on the Daniel fast, tonight we will once again open up the regular eating. And the church will be serving all of you with nice gourmet sandwiches because we were not supposed to eat bread, meat, and sweet things like cakes and chips. That was off. But tonight we will break the fast at 5, between 5 and 6. You can come for a banquet dinner. Banquet. You can dress very nice also. It's, there is no limit to your outfit. But remember, you get, a you get a sandwich at this banquet dinner. But it's a gourmet sandwich. You know what that means? It's, it's like for, it's first class. First class. And then you can bring your own food, the food you didn't eat during this 21 days and you can come and indulge here and then you can even share. It's so nice to share. You can share with people who don't have. Amen. That's what Christianity is about, sharing. We don't, we don't, we're not selfish. We don't live for ourselves. So my wife will always bring stuff but we bring extra. I don't know if you will be the extra that will be receiving Lazarus sat at the table because he waited for the crumbs to fall from the rich man's table. May you receive splendid crumbs, gourmet crumbs. Hallelujah. So join us tonight. Become a real Christian. Don't be a one-service Christian. Real Christians attend all services. Amen. And you'll stay out of trouble. Glory to God. That's for tonight. Now, the announcer did make mention of this and I as the senior pastor together with the whole presbytery, the executive of this church, we really want to express our condolences with the loss of two people. Uh, it affects our members greatly. We had a funeral yesterday here of Sister Swim and uh, we thank God for his hand over that program. And yesterday evening as I was, uh, the night started to come, I received two phone calls. Uh, one of our eldest, Morgan, sister died of a heart attack. And I believe she also frequently visited here. 
But him and his mom are members here, so we want to give all our support to them. I believe they didn't come to church this morning, which we understand. Some of us will be going there straight after church to go and share our sympathy and our condolences. Then, uh, Sister Van Royen, somebody must assist me, is right? Nolin Van Royen, very tragic accident yesterday, a daughter of 12 years, 10 years old, drowned at the beach and uh, she's, she's a cell lead, she was a cell leader for a long time and now again I believe she has come back after the corona pandemic but it's a very sad occasion, the child even didn't go with her, they went with other people to the beach, you know in December I gave warnings to you all concerning these things but the Lord's will be done. Amen. She said she has peace. We will also go straight after church to visit her. And as I was teaching on the cell church last week, be it known to you that this is very important to meet in small groups so that the immediate help and support comes from the small group. They will be the first people on the scene in the times of your sadness, but also in the times of your joy. So let us all stand as we do customly do as a church. We're going to pray for these families. It's not nice to lose a loved one. Death is an enemy, a final enemy. Death is one of the curses that comes to us because of the sin of Adam. Because of one man's sin, death came to the whole world. But we have this hope in Jesus that if we serve him, we will conquer the second death. Amen. Lift your hands. Father, as a congregation, we stand before you thinking of these two families that lost loved ones. Oh God, we can never be ready for this pain that pierces our side. But we pray that you will help as you always do with the comfort of the Holy Spirit and that you will put the ointment, the oil, the balm of Gilead on the wound that is very raw and very sore. Please be there for them, Lord, we pray. As we stand in unison as a church, may they receive supernatural strength to endure the pain and the heartache and send wonderful help from your people to comfort them in this time of sadness. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. We say amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, we continue today by God's grace and uh, we are really bringing to a close this morning four sessions of teachings on the new vision or the vision that the Lord has given to this church that this will be the year of gathering. Amen. We will be gathering many souls. There are many aspects together and there are many things together and I will speak about that as the Holy Spirit guides. But for now, we're focusing mainly on gathering and gathering souls, gathering people. Hallelujah. This is God's desire. It is His will. And whenever you do something that is in the will of God, then God will make it come to pass. The Bible says if you pray, then you must pray that which is in the will of God. 
and you will receive the answers to it. If you pray something, sometimes you pray for something and you don't get it. You wonder why, but everything you ask for is not always God's will. Hallelujah. Even if it's something good, something good to you might not be God's will for you. You must all learn to pray the will of God and say, Here as that evil is. Ik wil die man hier, ik hou van hom hier, maar as het nie evil is nie. Are you listening? If you come to our Wednesday prayers, we teach tremendously well, and there's going to be some changes because people ask me to do more prayers on Saturdays that more people can come, so we will announce it in the week. We are rearranging our prayer sessions, all right? So you can also join. It will be early morning. If you can't come, it's okay. But if you can come, it's also good. You'll be benefiting. I will be here. Prayer is crucial and important. If you come to our Wednesdays, we normally teach that prayers in the will of God is very important. You see, God has decided, I'll give you a secret quickly before I go to today's sermon. God has decided in His majesty We all know that nothing is impossible with God. Is there amen? amen? We all know that nothing is too hard for God. We all know God can do everything. But why doesn't He? Sometimes we say, but God, you can. We also say, God knows everything. Why must we pray? No. God in His majesty, He has decided to make man a partner with Him concerning the things of the earth. The heavens belong to God, but the earth was given to man. Are you hearing me? So anything on the earth, God won't just rudely interrupt and interject events, happenings, and anything on this planet. He's waiting for man to command him concerning the works of his hands. Yes, it's wonderful. You do not know the privilege you have to be a partner with God. Do you understand? So on the earth, things don't happen if men don't pray. God knows your problem. God knows your need. You say, but why don't you do something, Lord? No, 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 no. Have you prayed? Is it the will of God? You see? And even if you pray for it, if it's His will, it shall be done unto you. Amen? So does God want you to be in health? Of course. Does God want you to prosper? Of course. But it's locked up in your partnership with Him. You need to pray for it, for it to happen. Are you, are you with me? Yes. So it's so important that you understand this principle that the will of God is important to pray for. And God will do it. Hallelujah. God will prosper you. God will lift you up. Because if we evil fathers, we are evil, the scripture says in Luke 11, 13. If we bad fathers, we can give good, we know how to give good gifts to our children when they ask. How much more will the heavenly father give to you if you ask him? How much more? How much more? But you, you haven't prayed. James said, we have not because we... We ask now. May you start to become an intercessor, a prayer warrior. May you wake up in the morning hours 
like Jesus, he got up a great while before day. He went to a solitary place and there he prayed. May the spirit of intercession rest upon you. May it rest also on me. May we seek the face of God and may we change events on this earth in our environment, in the atmosphere because of the prayers that we pray. Elijah was a man like you and me. But when he prayed, the rain stopped. Hey, he had like passions like you and me. But when he prayed, the rain stopped. Then he prayed again. And the rain came pouring down. Hallelujah. Clap for Jesus. Clap for the power of prayer. And the devil will do everything in his power to keep you from praying. Amen. If you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. Say after me. If you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. You, you'll catch it maybe later if you think about what I'm saying. Some people catch things very late. It's like this one sister. If you wanted to laugh on a Wednesday, you must tell her the joke on a Sunday. You also didn't get that one, but the Lord be with you. The design of God is that there should be the gathering of the temple like we gather here today, but also the gathering in the small groups, or we call the house churches. Amen. How many of you enjoyed last week's sermon when we told you the benefits of meeting in small groups? Yes. Now I trust God that you will start to become obedient because obedience is the secret to anything you need from the Lord. I have a plethora of scriptures to give you. Many that shows you that it is the obedience of your life that will make God respond to you. Are you with me? It is obedience to an instruction that will make all the difference in your life. Please listen to me, people of Delft or wherever you come from. These things I'm saying to you, they are loaded with wisdom. If you obey God and you obey His instructions or the instruction of the servant of God that is sent by God to help you, your life will be different and your life will have a forward movement. You will be progressive. You will, your light will shine brighter and brighter. Why? Because you obeyed the instruction that was given to you. Amen. Disobedience, which is another word for sin really, is the cause of our struggles in this life. We will trace it back and show you that, you see, you disobeyed something that you should have done. So it's important when I give you small instructions, commands, do it and you will see the difference. Hallelujah. So when we speak about small groups, we're speaking about the will of God. They met in the temple and they broke bread from house to house in the book of Acts. Hallelujah. This was last week's preaching. I'm just recuperating or revising with you. 
Now maybe there were many here that you listen to me but your mind is not so that you want to be obedient to the way that we are taking the church because we want to, we want to be in line with the word of God. Keep listening. Maybe the Lord will give you a second chance today. Today I want to speak specifically about the presence of God in your house or the presence of God in your home. Hallelujah. And I'm giving you a great opportunity to invite God into your home through the home cell system or which we call the house church system. Maybe some of you are here and you think that you really your house is not the conducive or a nice place for people to gather. You see, but if you understand the benefits of allowing this small group into your house, I think you should not think twice of opening your door because with this church coming in, you are inviting God into your house and the presence of God is also coming in with the children of God. And things are going to change in your house. In your house. Hallelujah. If you have Bibles, we are going to read a beautiful scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Before I read, I want to give you the context. This was David, the great uh, king of Israel, who went to fetch the ark of the covenant. The ark of the covenant was a box of gold, a box covered with gold and two poles on top and two angels, which is called cherubim, that, the, that God instructed Moses to build. He told the people that came from Egypt, and if you remember well, just before they left Egypt, they had to take the gold of the Egyptians and the silver and the earrings and all the stuff with them. So they, they were very rich overnight. This can be possible with God that you can become rich overnight. Never look at people the way you see them. You don't know who you're talking to. Yes, by some supernatural way, God can elevate people in the twinkling of an eye. So they took all this stuff and when, when the Lord instructed Moses that he wanted to dwell in their midst, he said, build me a tent like we have outside here. That's why we call that the tabernacle. Are you hearing me? He said, put a fence around it. There will be a courtyard. And then you can go, after you're in the courtyard, you'll go into the tent, which is called the holy place. The holy place. And in the holy place, I want you to leave some furniture, which will have symbolisms. One will be the table of showbread. The other will be the, 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 lave, uh, the, the altar of incense. And the other one will be the laver. Amen. So, in the tent, there will be a smaller room at the back. There will be no light there. And a big black curtain or dark curtain, purple curtain will be there. And only one person can enter there. Because 
that place will, will carry the presence of God. And you can't just come before God if you're not in the right standing because the anger of God can extinguish you like a matchstick is struck on you and you are gone. So only the high priest can enter there. Are you hearing me? And this priest had to have bells on the bottom of his garment because as long as the people in the holy place heard tingalingalingalingalingaling, they knew that this priest was walking around in the holy of holies. But when there was no more bells, they, they would know that something was wrong in his life and God struck him dead. And around his foot was a rope, so they, wouldn't, they couldn't go in to fetch him. Aye! They would pull him out with a rope. Because our God is an awesome God. He's a fearful God. He's a God who answers by fire. Zij moet niet met God spelen. Zij kan met jouw ma spelen. Met jouw pa spelen. Maar met God moet zij niet spelen. I wonder how many people understand that God has two sides. God is loving, but God is just. So God, if He says something, He must, he must, be, he must be righteous to do what He said He will do. People like the loving side of God. And he is loving to the 10th degree. God is someone that will give you a second chance. No, a third chance. No, a fourth chance. Many chances. There comes a time when the curtain falls on your grace period. Yes. And then it's too late. But I'm here to tell you that in that little room where the priest went, which is called the Holy of Holies, there was this furniture unit called the Ark of the Covenant. Are you with me? It was a big box, uh, about two of these big speakers together. It was covered with gold. And on top was two angels covering their faces with their wings. I'm sure you saw it in the books already. All right? Yes, and in that was the tablets, the, 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 the Ten Commandments, the tablets that Moses brought from the, from the mountain. The second set of tablets. Remember, he had to crush the first set of tablets because the people started to worship idols. If you are lost, I'm sorry, you must read your Bibles. The, the, the bread... There was uh, the rod of Aaron and the manna that fell from heaven was in that chest. It's like a chest. Chest. But that uh, ornament or furniture was not just nice because it had gold. It symbolized the presence of God. Where that thing was, was the presence of God. You see, God is a spirit. So we can't see him. But to relate with human beings, he told Moses, build me this ark. And wherever the ark goes, I will be there. Hey! So, 
That is the reason why the Israelites could walk as slaves through the deserts and fight the many enemies they met along the way. They didn't have the warfare material. They didn't have guns. They never had bombs. They never had the stuff. But they had the Ark of the Covenant. And that symbolized the presence of God. That Ark of the Covenant was so powerful that when the enemies wanted to come and kill the children of God that came from Egypt on the way to Canaan, God himself would cause confusion among the enemy. And the enemy would start to kill one another. Can you believe it? That God can cause confusion amongst your enemies. That's how powerful God is. And later the nations realize that if the Israelites are coming and they see the first few people in front walking with this Ark of the Covenant, they would leave their weapons and run, run, run for safety because they knew the God of Israel was an awesome God. Hallelujah. It's the God of Abram, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The God that can make the sun stand still for, for, for Joshua. Hey, the God that can open a Red Sea and people can walk through on dry ground. A God that can cause 10 plagues to Egypt. And turn water into blood and strike the firstborn of every Egyptian. They heard these stories and they were fearful of the presence of God. But over the years, the disobedience of, Egypt, of Israel caused the kings who came after Joshua to disobey God. And when you disobey God, His presence is withdrawn from you. Are you hearing me? When you disobey God, His presence leaves you. The word is ikabot. Dis klaar. God is nie meer saam jou nie. And the Philistines, they were the enemies of Israel. They, in one of the wars, they captured the ark and they took it away to their place. Are you with me? Now David, he becomes the king and he restores Israel to a glorious nation. But one of the things that was missing was the ark of the covenant. So he goes to fetch this ark. But he did not do it in the proper way. God has a certain way in which things must be done. Are you all following my preaching? I know you're hungry. Don't sleep. We're eating tonight. Okay? It's a nice message I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you a Bible story. David wanted the ark back and he said, Make a new cart. Put the ark on. You guys, you drive the ark. But God had a certain way that this thing must be carried because this was not something small. Only the Levites could carry this thing on their shoulders, not on an ark. The God didn't like shortcuts. God is a God of order. God is actually obsessed with order. When anything is out of order, God gets agitated irritated and aggravated. I also get irritated 
agitated and aggravated. When something is not right, I thought I was sick, but then I saw God is the same. Then I realized, no, I'm okay. When these people were moving the ark, David was excited because the presence of God is coming back to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. But as the ark went over a rock, it started to shake. And a young, the young man that was driving the ark, he turned back to hold it in, so that it does not fall. And God smote him dead because that wasn't the right way to carry the presence of God. Only the priests were allowed to carry this power. Yeah. So this is the story. So if I read you now, you understand. And then David was afraid of the Lord. And then he said, take this ark and just put it somewhere else. Things are not working. And the ark went to a house. Say a house. Can you believe it? The ark that was supposed to be in the temple or in the huge palace that Solomon was going to build is now going to someone's house. One of the elders, Elder Derek, or Pastor Derek. Yeah. We don't want, this thing is dangerous. But listen to what happened when the ark was in someone's house. Because the ark is coming to your house also. Hallelujah. Shall I give you the scripture? It's found in uh, 2 Samuel 6 verse 1. David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. 30,000. That's a lot of men. The chosen men. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from there the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. I'm reading in the uh, what is this, the King James Version? And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gabeah. And Uzzah and Io, the sons of Abinadab, they drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab which was at Gabeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments. It was a celebration because the ark is coming back. After the Philistines took it captive. They played on the fir wood, even on the harps. They played on the psalteries, on the timbrels and on the carpets. God is always interested in music music comes from God hallelujah they played on all these instruments and when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon Uzzah one of the drivers put forth his hand to the ark and took hold of it for the auction was shaking and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and God smote him there for his error Say mercy. And there he died by the ark of God. 
And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of that place Perauza to this day. David was afraid of the ark of the Lord that day and he said, how shall the ark of the Lord come unto me? Now this is an important story for you to listen to. So David would not remove the ark unto him to the city of David, but David carried the ark into the house of Obed-Edom. I want you to say this name, Obed-Edom. Say it together, Obed-Edom. Say it again, Obed-Edom. When you go home today, they will ask you, what did pastor preach? You say, Obed-Edom. Say again. Beautiful. They took the ark to the house of a man called Obed-Edom the Gittite. Now, here's the scripture for you this morning. This is the word of the Lord. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom for three months. For how long? Only three months. What happened there, pastor? And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. Hallelujah. And all his household. And it was told to David, that guy has become rich overnight. His children are blessed. His cattle are increasing. His vineyards are producing supernatural grapes. Something is happening there because of the ark. The covenant of God is there. They told David the Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And all that pertaineth unto him. Because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Clap for Jesus. Now this ark of God represented the presence of the Lord. And always remember when we talk about the ark of God, we're talking about God's presence. In other words, God is here. The, the Hebrew word is Jehovah Shammah. Amen? Shammah. God is here. God has many descriptions. You all know God as the one who provides. Jehovah Jireh. Amen? You like Jireh because you get something. It's the provider. <laughs> but you also get uh, Jehovah Rapha. The Lord is our healer. But today I'm talking about Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is here. The presence of God is here. Hallelujah. When the presence of someone is with you, there are three things that is with you. It's the aura of the person. It's the voice of the person. And the gifts of the person. While I'm still here, you will hear my voice. If I leave this afternoon, you won't hear my voice. It shows my presence. If, you, if, 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 if I hear somebody talking in the kitchen, I can identify my wife's voice and I know she is here. Isn't that so? The gifts. The gifts are also a sign to say, if I stay with my father, I can get many gifts. 
If my father is not there anymore, the gifts will stop. The aura is that presence of the person in the house. You know easier. There's just an aura. And many times when people die, then that aura is gone. There's no more aura. May you desire the presence of God to have three things. The aura, the voice, and the gifts. God gives gifts unto the church if His presence is there. If you're near the presence of God, you can hear His voice. If you're far from the presence, you don't hear the voice of God. You make your own chutzis, but it's not God speaking. The aura is just an invisible, you can feel something in the atmosphere. That's when we talk about an aura. And the man who dwells in the presence of God will carry the blessings of Obed Edom. Hallelujah. Listen to what happened here. And this is what will happen to you when you open your house to have cell, small gatherings of five people, six people, ten people. We're not supposed to be more than 15. But sometimes our people, they pack the home cells like a Delft Bella taxi. But the, the, the average number is 10 maximum, about five people meeting in your house. So pastor, if I open my house, what will happen? If you open your house and say, you can come have home cell at my house into gateway number 1752, because the numbers are big here in into gateway, okay? Come, there is the blue house. All the houses are blue, but look for number 1,752,594,324,000. It's a number. I don't have much. I don't have much to give you, but just a little four walls, a space. You can sit on the steps of the masonette. You can sit on the one chair. The others can stand. We are gathering just for one hour. But now you that have opened your door, whether they are sitting on milk cartons, or they are sitting on the steps, or they are sitting on the floor, something is entering your door. You have welcomed the church into your house. The head of the church is Jesus himself. He said, I will build my church. My church. It's not Pastor Chris's church. It's God's church. You have opened it in. Hallelujah. You have opened the door. And your house suddenly starts to flourish. The Holy Spirit fills the home. Glory be to God. The evil spirit that was hanging around in your house, he can't hide it anymore. He's going to the neighbor. And God will begin to bless the home. And you will experience a change in your situation. Are you hearing me? And you must believe what I say to you this morning. It is true. My, my parents' house where I grew up in 
was always a house for church. Always. I remember it fondly. Home cells, ice dinster. Even if we, if we, we were so many children. We, I'm, I come from a family of seven children. My father and mother, they loved one another. So they had seven children. People who have many children, they like love. They like to love one another. So we were a home cell on our own. My mother, my father, seven children. My mother, also a sister, didn't have place to stay. You know how it was in those days. So she still took in the sister with two of her children. Was that class who clump in a clean house? Yer. I remember when I was a child, we had a double bed. You know, 137 centimeter bed. That's a double bed. But we all five slept on the one bed. I think we were six. The baby wasn't born. So you, you sleep down this way and then the legs of the other one come this way. Then the other one that way. Then the legs of this one come that way. But this wasn't a new bed. No. It was an old... My father used to get stuff from the, <laughs> from the white people. So this bed, its springs was finished. So it went, it made a cove in the middle. Aish! So if you're lying on the end, you are going to roll down into the center. So you must sleep with your hands gripped on the side of this bed. Silly postopedic. With stuck in a spring. But when evening comes, it's church time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember it fondly. The choruses we sing. Hey, we had church every night in our house. Not like once a week. Today we're so scared to, to make people open their houses for God because we feel we're intruding on their privacy. Hey, no, our house was a place for the presence of God. My one brother would lead. We couldn't sing well, the, the Ross family. We, did, we were not endowed with such a gift. We sang false and false and false and falsetto. False sharp in the sharp scale. One sang B flat. But we worship the Lord. Then my mother would give us opportunities to preach. Every young child must preach. And then when the church also asked to come, we would say, you can also join. Then brothers and sisters around would come and have the presence of God was always in the house. There was no uh, Lionel Richie music in our house all night long. No, I don't know this stuff. It's only when I met my wife, she sang for me, Hello, is it me you're looking for? I said, what is this? I'm a man of God. Then when she phoned me, she said, I just called to say, I said, sister, 
I rebuke you. Sing holy ground for me. When I walk through the door, I felt God's presence. Now, I didn't see a lady. I didn't see a beautiful body. I felt God's presence. And I knew, and I knew this was the place where love abound. Love abound! For this is the temple, Jehovah God, He abides here. Take off your shoes, because we are standing in His presence. On the holy ground. Hey! Tommy Sidon used to sing on our record player. Going up yonder. What did he sing else? Here we are. Lifting up holy hands to you. Jimmy Swaggart. Records playing. And today, I'm a product of the presence of God. Always in the environment, the atmosphere. Did we have problems? Oh yes, devils and demons came to attack us. But God's Ark of the Covenant was there. His presence was there. And the glory of God came in with the presence of God. When I started to speak in tongues, when the Holy Spirit came upon me, I started to speak in tongues. In the night, I used to play preaching and fall asleep with preaching. Then I find myself waking up in the, uh, in the morning I was speaking in tongues. I couldn't understand where did it come from. But my, my environment was cultivated with holy things. God was invited into our house. And the devils had to run out by the back door. Listen to me, you, you have an issue in your home. There's no peace in your home. There's no rest in your home. Open your house for the ark of God to enter and things will start to change. The Bible says for three months the ark was in the house of Obed-Edom and he began to flourish. Not just him, all those that were in the house, his household, they could notice a difference. And they said to David, David, come see God. He's blessing this man. He's blessing his wife. He's blessing his vineyards. He's blessing his oxen. Because of the ark. You better go get it, David. If you want Israel to be blessed, go and fetch the ark of God from the house of Obed Edom. Devils had to run. Devils had to run because of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Blessings came. 
How did they know? How did the people know that he was blessed? They must have seen it in his material possessions. I tell you, my sister, the devil of poverty cannot stay in that house. I always stuck in a tapet what they died. The year can feel neither tapet here in Jesus' name. You can't always say how it will happen, but supernaturally. Just like David couldn't understand and Moses didn't know, but when the ark was there, the enemy couldn't come close to them because the ark represented God Himself. And all of you that will open your house to God's presence, you will have many benefits. Before I go to all these benefits, let's look at another house that was open for God to enter. In the New Testament, you see Mary and Martha. They were the sisters of Lazarus. The Bible is clear that it was one of the few houses mentioned in the Bible that Jesus used to go to because they opened the door for Jesus to come in. Are you listening? He used to sit and they made nice lunch for him. They invited God into their homes. When others said, no, we don't have time for this carpenter. We don't have time for this madman that's walking the Sea of Galilee. He had one place he often used to go to. That was the house of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. That's why when Lazarus, the news came that Lazarus was dead, the Bible says Jesus himself started to cry because he loved these people because they always opened a door for him. Hallelujah. Let me read you the scripture so that you see. Luke 10, 38. It came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha. Say Martha, everybody say Martha. I gave you Obed Edom, now I'm giving you Martha. She also received him into her house. Hallelujah. Look what the sister did in John chapter 12 verse 3. She took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very expensive ointment. And she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Hallelujah. And then when they had a crisis, guess what? They could call on the one that regularly entered their house. Uh, you don't want to open your door for the home cell. You don't want to open your door for Jesus. But now when you have a crisis, you would like Jesus to come and help you. But the Bible says because he regularly went there, when the crisis came of the, of the, of the brother being dead, they sent word to him and said, come quickly, he's sick. And he never went. And then they said he has died. And he came four days later. You know the story of the greatest miracle ever recorded, I think, in the Bible is to raise a man from the dead for f after four days. John 11, 1 says, A certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother was sick. They knew these people always had Jesus and honored Jesus. 
And then you see further in John 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which has been dead, was raised from the dead. And there they made him supper. Hallelujah. And Martha served him. And Lazarus was also sitting at the table. The man who was dead for four days was now eating with Jesus. I want to tell you, whatever is dead in your life that you really need, God is going to resurrect it. If He can resurrect a dead man after four days, He can resurrect anything that you want God to do for you, He will do. But you must invite Him into your The prophet Elijah, Elisha, he came past a woman's house on a regular basis. He was a Shunammite woman from Shunam. But she had no children and her husband was old. But she saw the man of God and she said to her husband, this man of God passes by our house. Why can't we build the servant's quarters for him to come and stay and treat him well? And when the man of God went there, he put his head down and he lay and ate food. And he said to his servant, Kahasi, Hey, what does this woman need? Because she has taken care of the man of God. She said, oh, I don't need anything. I'm okay. I didn't do this for any favor. I do it because I love the presence of God and the men of God. And the things of God. But Gaasi said, My master, this woman is beautiful, but she has no children. And the husband is old. So his, his guns are not working. He can't make children. And the man of God stood up and said to her, Because of what you have done, I said, because of what you have done. Because you opened the door for the presence of God to enter. By this time next year, you will have a son. And the Bible says, at the exact time of the prophecy of Elisha, this woman brought forth a son. And she knew he was a man of God. Because the presence of God was invited into her house. Miracles are coming to you, neighbor. Miracles are coming to you. Provision is coming to you. Many great things will come to you. You will be like the house of Obed-Edom. They will say the, house, the Lord has blessed him and all his household. As I close, listen to this. When you invite the presence of God in, in Exodus 33 verse 14, the Lord said to Moses, and my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said unto him, if your presence don't go with me, don't carry us up here from hence. One of the great benefits, you will have rest. Your unrestigheid gaat tot op einde kom. You will have peace with God when the presence of God is in your house. I know that in the houses that we are, that, that, that there's no presence of God, there's turmoil. I know, I know there's, there's fighting, there's, there's bickery, there's jealousy, there's pain, 
There's poverty. But God is giving you an opportunity to open your house door for a group of people to meet once a week. And you will see that the Lord, because the presence is there, ah, your restlessness will come to an end. I prophesy over to you. You will have rest. Because he said, and my presence will go with thee and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. In Acts 3.19 he says, I will bring refreshing to your home. He said, repent therefore, Acts 3.19, and be converted. So that times of refreshing shall come from the presence of God. <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> times of what? Refreshing. Everything that is old. Your marriage is stale. It's old. There's no more love. There's no more respect. But the Lord is bringing refreshing into your home. That husband that was lying in the back room didn't want to hear the... Didn't want church people in his house. He will, he will one day say, I want to join you guys. Because he can feel something different is in the atmosphere. The presence of God is in the house. Things are starting to change. Devils are starting to run out by the door. And times of refreshing. Like the dew from heaven will start to fall. Die kinders wat sy so mee bekleed. Sy gaan nie eens worry nie. mami gaat nie meer so met jylle bekleed The peace of God. The refreshness of God. The rest of God will come into your house. Are you, are you hearing me? Hallelujah. The joy will come. Psalm 16:11. In his presence there is fullness of. There is fullness of. You're going to laugh again. Hallelujah. Nie so baie skel nie. Nie so baie bore sikken gooi nie. No more throwing of plates, no more shouting, just joy. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. Number four, direction for your life. These are all the things that enter your house when you let the presence come in. What comes from the presence? Direction. The Bible says in Psalm 17 verse 1, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer. Let my sentence come from thy presence. In other words, let my direction come from your presence. And God will start to direct you where to go, what to do, and who to connect to. Hallelujah. Good thoughts will come from the presence. Good thoughts. Number five, good thoughts. Psalm 48 verse 9, We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. And number six, your enemies will be destroyed by the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Psalm 9, 2, it says, When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let his enemies be scattered. And then, your house will be the place where souls will be saved. Somebody from outside. If you let the presence in, there will be the salvation of lost souls in your house. And the presence of God will abide there. 
Your house will start to be different to the other houses in your street. Because what God did for Obed-Edom, He's about to do for you. And this is also a message of salvation. You need to ask God to come into your whole house. I want to close with the story and then I want to pray for some people who feel obliged to let God into their house. I remember Reynard Bonker told the story of a young man who was tormented by the devil. And one day he heard a knock on his door. And when he opened it, it was Satan with ugly horns and crocodile feet and Satan wanted to enter his house and he pushed the door closed and the devil pushed from the outside to come in. You know the devil is rude like some people. And there was a struggle between the young man and Satan and he pushed and, and it was a long struggle. It took energy. Eventually he pushed the door closed. And he was so happy. Then he heard another knock on the door, but this knock was gentle. And when he opened the door, it was Jesus standing at the door. And he said, Jesus, I'm so glad you have come. I just had a fight with the devil. Don't you want to come into my house? I will give you the best room in my house <clears throat> and he had a nice house he had a masonette that had bottom story and top story hey! many people here have double story homes is it true and he gave Jesus a very nice room the best room in his house and then the next day he heard that wild knock again and when he opened guess who Satan and he pushed, and Satan pushed, and he pushed. And Satan had his crocodile foot in the door, but he was stamping on it. And after a long battle, he closed the door. And he wiped his sweat. And he said, Jesus, why didn't you help me? He said, well, I'm a guest in your house. You are the owner of this house. He said, okay, Jesus, I tell you what. I'm going to stay at the bottom. You take the whole top floor for you. Amen. Jesus said, thank you very much. Jesus is very kind like a gentleman. And when he went to live on the top floor, not long, old Slewfoot was again at the door. And when he opened, he saw the devil and the devil pushed and he pushed and the devil pushed and he pushed. And after many hours, he closed. And he said, Jesus, I don't understand. Why didn't you help me? Satan was again at my door. And he said, look, you have given me 50%. Half is mine and half is yours. And you were at the bottom, there was Satan knocked, so you had to sort out that problem. He said, oh Jesus, what must I do? He said, give me your whole house. Give me your whole house. 
and he said Jesus take the whole house I will just live in a room that you decide I can live in and Jesus was now in charge of the whole house and then not long after that ugly knock again on the door but this time when the man was going to come open Jesus said to him this is now my house and when he opened the door he saw Satan and you know what Satan said Satan bowed low and said sorry sir I've come to the wrong house You must invite him into your home. Throw away Beyonce, Tupac, this atmosphere that is in your house. Kapum, kapum, kapum. Your writer got netsu. Tell your children this will be the place where God's presence dwells. Hallelujah. They will see suddenly their marks at school start to improve. They say, but we don't know how. It's a supernatural thing because the presence of God is there. Yeah. Rudeness and fighting will come slowly down. You see, the children are even calm because the devils that were riding on their backs had to go because of the presence of God there. Satan will bow and say, sorry, I've come to the wrong house. How many of you are here that say, Pastor, I will open my house for a home cell to come meet for one hour, once a week. Stand to your feet if that is you. If you say, I will open, or I will ask my mother, if she's not part of the church, can we open the door for, for God's presence to enter? I want to pray for you because a supernatural thing is going to come over you. Stand to your feet. You will say, my house. Not only those who want to open their homes, the others that have other problems. If you are a boarder, you can't open a house. You want to open your house. You want this blessing that I spoke about. Come stand in front. Come to the front. I'm going to pray a supernatural prayer over you now. In His presence, come. In His holy, in Your presence. Hallelujah. We will find perfect rest. Don't you know the road? Restored Marisha in your prayer. Lift your hand. God's holy. There's nothing like the present. There's nothing like the present. Listen to me. 
as you open your house to God, there will be a change because the ark is coming in. And God blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Father, I pray the blessing of Obed-Edom to come to these people standing in front of me today. May they flourish. May they prosper. May every devil that has bound them be tied up and be chucked out by the back door. I pray the peace of God, the refreshing rain from heaven, the joy of the Lord, to come and descend on this beautiful place. May there be a change because they are allowing you to come in. May they feel your touch. May they feel the tangible presence of God. Every key that will open a door, may the angels of God enter. The angels of God enter. And may every devil exit. In the name of Jesus, I release it over the people. I release it over every home. In Jesus' mighty name. It will be so because the redeemed of the Lord say so. Clap for Jesus. You can go back to your seats. Holly, clap for them as they go. Keep clapping. In your presence. In His holy presence. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Is weary will find perfect rest. The broken heart restored. Wait. Close your eyes, bow your heads. I can't close the meeting. If I don't give you a chance to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've come here, somebody invited you. You don't serve the Lord. You're not a Christian, but you want to start to follow Jesus from today and really turn your life around. You want to be born again. The Bible says, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. I want to invite you to come forward. I will pray with you. Like many people in this church come to stand on this blue carpets, they receive Jesus. You need Jesus. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, put up your right hand. Whether you're a big person, I see you, young man. I see another young man at the back. I see you, sir. I see you. I recognize you. Now it's going to take some courage to serve the Lord. You must now stand up out of that chair and come walk right to the front here. Don't be shy. The whole congregation stand for one minute. Just one minute stand and the people must come. In your presence. In your holy presence. In His holy presence. God is talking to you. Oh, the broken heart. Beautiful. In your 
your presence. to pray this prayer after me you know the bible says we are all lost in sin but jesus came to die for us so that we can come back to god now he says in romans 10 verse 9 and 10 you must believe with your heart that jesus came from heaven to die for you and by his blood your sins will be washed away and you become a new person then you must confess with your mouth that he is the lord and he will be your lord from this day hallelujah your old life, you won't live anymore. You will live a new life. A life where Jesus is your master. Oh, it's a beautiful life. It's a glorious life. And I'm so happy that you came. Now I'm going to help you to say the prayer. But you must believe in your heart that what you say is real and you mean it. And Jesus will come into your life and he will make you a new person. Pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus. I come to you today. I come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I am. Lord, I have sinned. Lord, I have sinned. And I'm sorry for my sins. And I'm sorry for my sins. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my before sin you. Before you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please wash me. Please wash me. With your precious blood. With your precious blood. From today. From today. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. From today. From today, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on my old life. I turn my back on my old life. I want to follow your way. I want to follow your way. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Write my name. Write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. And according to Romans. And according to Romans. I believe. I believe. Today. Today. I am saved. I am saved. Clap for Jesus, everybody.